KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego Osher Lifelong Learning Institute, hosting an open house to learn about the upcoming classes and seminars, member benefits, and meet the volunteer leadership team. Saturday, March 30th. Registration at extendedstudies.ucsd.edu slash O-L-L-I. From KPBS and PRX, this is Port of Entry, where we tell cross-border stories that connect us. Soy Alan Liliental. Growing up, I, you know, would sing and sing and sing to all kinds of different records and just close the door and my family would come and tell me to turn the music down because I was just belting it out at all hours of the day. This is Phil Beaumont. He's the lead vocalist of the San Diego band The Color 49. Well, I will strive to be all that you would hope for. The Color 49 is myself. Scott Mercado is our drummer and plays some keyboards. Jason Hooper is our bass player and does some wonderful backing vocals. And the silent genius is Matt Rezovich, who plays violin. Phil has been in a few other bands since the early 90s, but after he bought a baritone ukulele a few years back, the Color 49 was formed. Then I just started writing songs as I was learning on this ukulele. So all of our songs are kind of based off of songs written on this instrument. But Matt plays all of his violin and synthesizer through a variety of effects pedals that he's created and so really brings a, you know, sort of a larger sort of cinematic texture to it. What I do I'll always end up at our door For you, you dear mean everything Phil says his character-based, semi-fictional style of writing lyrics comes from his innate love of travel. One of the wonderful things about traveling is just putting yourself in a different space, new ideas come to be able to see different characters and maybe it's just, hey, that gentleman in the corner looks pretty interesting and be able to kind of take that and imagine him as a character and then develop some song around him or her or whomever it might be and be able to mingle that with feelings of my own or things that are happening in my own world, create that magical realism perhaps. Phil has been crossing borders since he was little. He was born in a small town in central England. But by the time he finished high school in Orange County in the 80s, his father's job had already moved the family across the Atlantic three times. So for Phil, living here in San Diego, a border city, it's something he's incredibly grateful for. He says his travels across the U.S.-Mexico border have inspired tons of his songs over the years. And Tijuana has a very special place in his heart. I think there's a grit to Tijuana that isn't here in San Diego. And I think there's an honesty to Tijuana and the people that live there. Not that there isn't honesty here in San Diego, but to me, it seems that life is a bit more visceral down there. To be able to travel, not everybody has that privilege, right? And so for me, if you have that opportunity, you have to seize upon that. And when you do, you meet beautiful people. To have in another country, right, 15, 17 minutes away from my house, is a wonderful opportunity, you know? 
It's an honor. Today on Port of Entry, we explore some of the music that soundtracked Phil's youth as a British expat living in Southern California, and how his love of living in a border city led to an unexpected collaboration with Ruben Albarran of Café Tacuba. Quédate con nosotros. It seems that a promise was made and propped in the window some false apparition from long ago. KPBS On Demand is supported by the University of San Diego, offering professional and continuing education courses in the areas of business, education, healthcare, and engineering. For enrollment opportunities, visit pce.sandiego.edu. Ya estamos de regreso. So, long before Phil was crisscrossing the border with his ukulele by his side, he was a little British dude who loved to sing. I was born in a little town called Fradley in the center of England, near Birmingham, back in 1967. Much more than my brothers, I was really into music. I was listening to it all at all hours. Back then, Phil remembers his parents were mostly into classical music. My parents, the only sort of pop music that they were into was Simon and Garfunkel, and so we had a, a couple records around. What a dream I had Pressed in organdy Clothed in crinoline This is Simon and Garfunkel for Emily, Wherever I May Find Her. This is music that I, as an early age, would sing to, and, and this song just struck me as such a beautiful, beautiful voice, even as a kid. As I walked on, and when you ran to me, your cheeks flushed with the night. It's about an imaginary girl that they imagined meeting. And that also is kind of interesting for me because in a lot of the lyrics that I like to write, it can be a combination of fact and fiction. I sort of like bending the truth a little bit there and connect to real feelings, but then also be able to create a little story and have a little fun with that. One Christmas morning, when Phil and his brothers were still little, they woke up to a pile of records waiting for them under the tree. They were stoked. And I remember us, you know, arguing about who gets to put the headphones on and sitting in front of this old stereo and just blasting the music, things like Elton John. Captain Fantastic, raised and regimented, Hardly a hero. Led Zeppelin 2. And it was great because you could hear each of us singing at the top of our lungs. You could just hear my brothers uh, singing wildly and, and I'm sure I'm sure I was doing the same thing too. Oh, 
By the time he was nine in 1976, Phil's dad's job had already moved the family from England to Canada and back. And a savvy little Phil started to hear more local underground music through BBC Radio. I had a little light blue transistor radio that I think that I had gotten from Radio Shack. And I used to sneak under the covers after bedtime and listen to the John Peel show on BBC. And the session by the specials was produced by John Sparrow. And as I've, I'm having one of my stuttering nights, as I've pointed out before, uh, his writing isn't too terribly good, so I may get the lineup of the band slightly wrong. But it appears to be Jerry Dammers on keyboard. So John Peel was a DJ on uh, BBC Radio. He was really somebody that you know explored the underground of music, and so his show was you know a, a really wonderful mix of hardcore punk or two-tone or reggae or pop music, John Peel was not afraid to play it. And so that was also where I was able to be turned on to, to music like the specials. And this is the first of those tracks from the specials. It's Too Much Too Young. You've done too much, much too young. You're married with a king and you should be having fun with me. This song in particular, one of the things I loved about two-tone music and some of the music from the jam was sort of like this anti-complacency theme that was saying, don't just settle for life as it should be. Don't just settle for what society is telling you you should do with the, the normal path, but to be able to break out of that, be something different for yourself and, and, and be who you are. The two-tone movement was basically a resurgence of ska. You know, ska originated in Jamaica in the, in the late 60s, but in the late 70s, early 80s, there was a resurgence of ska in England. And what was wonderful about it was there was uh, a number of bands that had white musicians and, and black musicians. Another band Phil discovered on the John Peel show was The Stranglers. The Stranglers just seemed like this band of outlaws, and a lot of their songs are hard-hitting, but it was Golden Brown that has always resonated with me as a beautiful, beautiful song, again, just lyrically, instrumentally. Golden Brown, texture like sun Lays me down with my mind she runs throughout the night. No need to fight, never So if you listen to other Strangler songs, it's, it's very much more aggressive, but Golden Brown is sort of, I think, an ode to a loved one and ode to some vices. On her ship, tied to the mast, two distant lands, takes both my hands, never a frown with Golden Brown. Just a few years ago, the singer of this song 
did a version with a mariachi group in Mexico. Golden brown, texture like sun, lays me down in my mind, she runs throughout the night, no need to fight. We're borrowing that idea, and we don't typically do covers, but we're working on a cover of this song based on sort of the mariachi version that they came out with. Every time, just like the last, on the ship, tied to a mast. This is Burden of Shame by UB40. This is not Red Red Wine. UB40, it was the music that really drew me in. The depth of dub reggae. is from Birmingham, so it was a local band to us. At that time, a lot of early UB40 is very political and spoke to kind of the social ills that were going on in England at the time. Unemployment and racism. And for me, that was a real eye-opener as a little kid to be able to think about these social issues and to discover them through music. It was a new pathway that, that I wasn't getting exposed to through other elements in my life at the time. So yeah, Phil grew up with all of this eclectic, genre-bending music happening all around him in England. Between the John Peel show on BBC and learning about new music through friends at school, Phil was drawn to the homegrown reggae, punk, ska, and two-tone music that was often poetic and political in nature. Then Phil's family made a big move across the pond to sunny Southern California, and he started high school in Irvine. And I remember just going to a PE class and there was, in England, I had been going to an all-boys school with uniforms and it was very prim and proper. And here I, my first class was a PE class early in the morning in the hot sun and there was people in dolphin shorts and uh, <laughs> boys and girls, guys with, with hairy chests. And I was like, where am I? I it, was, it was quite a, sh a shell shock. It was, I was trying to fit in with like a puka shell necklace that I'd seen and uh, didn't go well. <laughs> this was 1981 and a culture shocked Phil found solace at home through music. And I remember just coming home every day and turning on the Echo and the Bunnymen All My Colors album and just singing all the way through that. really kind of like the poetry of Echo and the Bunnymen's lyrics. Ian McCulloch, I think he's an amazing singer, but also a, a wonderful writer. He 
kind of picks and chooses in times from different people's songs, it seems like. He kind of takes motifs from other people's songs, and I thought that was kind of interesting and cool, and kind of also in, in ways gives you permission to do things like that, that it's okay to be inspired from somebody else's song and, and, and take a little hint off of that and use that in your own writing. So at this point, Phil was still just a fan of music. But like he said, he was taking mental notes, setting himself up for a future of actually making music. We'll catch up to that future soon. But first, we gotta take a quick break. When we come back, Phil crosses another border, this time the U.S.-Mexico border, and finds more musical inspiration. Regresamos en unos segundos. KPBS On Demand is supported by the San Diego County Toyota Dealers, whose commitment to customers extends to giving back to the community and who are proud to support the City of San Diego lifeguards with their important role of keeping our beaches safe. Toyota, let's go places. De vuelta al podcast. Okay, so Phil's first Tijuana visit was back in the early 80s, when he was a senior in high school in Orange County. And it was the typical story. A quick trip to party where it's legal for 18-year-olds to drink and go to clubs. And that was a time when Tijuana was a party town for a lot of Americans just to drop over the border. The revolution at that time was full of clubs that was full of Americans coming down. And for me, I didn't realize that I would be able to get such a deep relationship with it at the time because I think the way I was being introduced to it was on a pretty superficial level. After high school... Phil went to San Diego State University, where he got a degree in education, and he kept on crossing the border. It was around this time in the late 80s that a now legendary music venue called Iguanas opened in Tijuana. Iguanas was an amazing uh, music venue that also allowed for younger people to come down and see shows that weren't happening in San Diego. So remember seeing Jane's Addiction there. Remember seeing Mud Honey there. I think maybe my favorite one that I was witness to was a Bad Brain show. That space for however long it lasted helped connect San Diego and Tijuana in a way. For a lot of people, it allowed for a nice little mix there of Tijuanenses and, and San Diegans to, to experience music together. So Phil was listening to a lot of music, but he wasn't making any yet. He actually didn't end up taking that musical leap until a college friend learning guitar thought Phil should pick up a bass so they could learn to play together. At the time, Phil didn't have aspirations to become a career musician. But after university, he moved to London with a girlfriend and ended up working in the music scene there. 
he started managing a group of San Diego transplants whose band was taking off, touring with big-time musicians like Nick Cave. This song is called Do You Love Me by Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. And one of the greatest privileges of my life looking back on it was to be able to be on a tour with Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. I was tour managing a band called The God Machine at the time. I wasn't too familiar with him and their work prior to this, and I was introduced to the power of these incredible musicians and Nick Cave himself as a master performer and a master lyricist and vocalist. I found her on a night of fire and noise Wild bells rang in a wild sky I knew from that moment on That I'd love her till the day that I'd die and it allowed me to see playing live on stage in a big hall is just a dream that I have. And that's something that I could do. On an endless night, silver star spangled the bells from the chapel went jingle, jingle. Fast forward to 91. After Phil worked a couple years in London, he decided it was time to come back to San Diego to finish up his teaching credentials. At the same time as he was building his career in education, Phil started his first band, Maquiladora. It's been a long time to you. And one night in 1994, he headed to an art gallery opening in downtown San Diego to hand out some cassettes. And I handed one to this guy named Diego Gutierrez, who was, happened to be an artist. We started chatting, and then he invited me to come down the next night, because the, the second night of the opening was at the Secut in Tijuana. So I, I went down and met him, and then went to a wonderful little cafe with him and a bunch of other artists. I realized, wow, there's something wonderful here. There's a whole life that I didn't know about here in, in Tijuana that's you know deep into the arts, that's thoughtful, that is intellectual, and that is doing things that, that I hadn't really experienced from the San Diego side, and, and I hadn't had the opportunity to see that in my travels into Tijuana up until then. So yeah, Phil started collaborating with Diego and other Tijuana artists. And since then, Tijuana has been a constant source of creativity and inspiration for Phil's songwriting. He would go down there just to hang out with friends, drink mezcal, and write. One of his favorite haunts down there is a bar called Dandi del Sur. So I used to go down there quite a bit and just hang out during the day with my little libreta and, and work on writing lyrics there. One of the songs Phil wrote at Dandi del Sur was this one when he was in a band called Little White Teeth. It's called Tonight We Go to Tijuana. It's 
an imagining of a story uh, based on a couple characters that I saw. And it starts off, there's a, a woman sitting in the window. And I was thinking of the fact that for many people, Tijuana is a transitional place. And that she has come to Tijuana for certain reasons, but it's a temporary reason. And then it was an imagining of, of another man meeting her and, and, and trying to imagine this relationship between the two of them. He smiles as he wonders And if I had the chance Could I pluck up his courage Could I ask her to dance Singing This very imaginative way of observing people inspired by Phil's travels to Tijuana and beyond really comes alive in his lyrical songwriting. But since he's had his ukulele by his side with The Color 49, he's started to kind of dig back into his lifetime of travel for inspiration. Not just lyrically, but he's also pulling new ideas in terms of composition and instrumentation from these more Latin influences. So this song is called Nuestro Juramento by Julio Jaramillo. And I was uh, traveling in Costa Rica when I heard this song. And there was no Shazam or anything at the time, but I just had to know what this song was. And it was kind of a foolish errand of me because we were on this bus that was traveling through the mountains around these wild corners. But I, I just had to know what this song was. and. I walked all the way up to the front of the bus, kind of holding on precariously to the seats as I went to try and ask the bus driver, what is this music? What is this music? I think also listening to folks like Julio Jaramillo and the kind of approach that they use in, in their guitar work and the, the picking has also informed the kind of instrumental versions of the songs that are coming out in our songs. Right now, The Color 49 is in the midst of writing new material. And Phil, by the way, has built a successful career in education. He's always been both a musician and an educator. He's actually headed into his 19th year as the director of the museum school in San Diego. But this will be his last year. He's finally ready to make the leap into music full time. So he's stepping down to focus on songwriting and some other creative projects he has in the works. Phil pointed us to a couple of artists from our border region who are sparking some fresh ideas for him during this really exciting, creative period in his musical career. Bustich, uh, particularly Polaris, that song is something that's often on a playlist for me. You know, growing up with a lot of the music that I did was kind of dark and gothic and I love it, still love it, 
but then also to listen to music that is just there for the music, for the dancing, for the for the movement of it is refreshing for me. Some of the new music that we're writing, I'm starting to use some electronic drums and trying to bring in a bit more electronica just to play around with that because it's not something I've ever really worked with. It's a bit of a dream of mine to be able to maybe do a collaboration with Ramon. Silent is a, an amazingly powerful band from Mexicali. Their live show is just pretty stunning, no? And so they put out this energy that, that is really pretty inspiring. One song in particular called A New Slave. First of all, Silent has an amazing drummer uh, named Rocio. But in this particular song, when they play it live, Jung Singh, who is the singer, he comes out and he also plays a floor tom. And it just adds a really amazing kinetic energy to their show. And the cool thing about Silent is their music is, is, is quite different than ours um, because it's so heavy and it's a very heavy punk oriented, but it's also kind of an elegant punk, no? And so, you know, I, I've, I've taken a, a compliment from our music when people have mentioned that our music's kind of elegant, you know? And so even though sonically we don't pair up as far as rhythm and, and, and power, um, I think there is a, a sort of a connection with the kind of tone that they're doing, if not sonically, then visually and just kind of thematically. And so Young and I have talked about doing a collaboration as well to have him and I both sing on a, on a song of ours. One collaboration has come to fruition for Phil recently, with a musician he always admired but never dreamed he'd have the chance to work with, Ruben Albarran, lead vocalist of Café Tacuba. Café Tacuba is undeniably one of the most influential Latin rock bands of the past three decades. especially in Mexico, where they're from, their iconic presence is on par with bands like U2 or something. It all came as a big surprise to Phil. He was searching for mariachi musicians to collaborate on a song called What Would I Know? So he called up Marla Gámez, an artist manager in Mexico City. And Marla also happens to be Ruben's manager. And we got to talking about the song and that I wanted to find these uh, musicians to help. And then I talked with her about perhaps doing a Spanish version of the song. And she said, oh, maybe you should ask Ruben. He's a fan of your music, which was 
a surprise to me, but a happy surprise. And I thought, oh yeah, that would be great, super. But I, I, I doubt he's going to do it. Why would he want to do that? He's a guy that sings in stadiums, has Grammys, and is on Disney soundtracks. But the next morning, Phil woke up to a text saying that Ruben loved the song. And just a month later, Phil was on a plane to Mexico City to record at Café Tacuba's studio. It was so generous of him. He put so much time into it. And I thought we were going to be making a, a Spanish version of the song, but we all decided that because the song is about some cross-border themes, that it would be best if it was a bilingual song. The song, What Would I Know, Yo Que Se, looks at some border issues, but it also looks at some, you know, larger themes of why do we judge one another? We put these obstacles in the way of knowing one another better through borders or through judgment or politics. And when you get down to it, everyone has the same desire. And if we can just get out and, and experience others, we get a better understanding of this, particularly with our neighbors. So the framework of the song was addressing that. Phil was writing high after laying down vocals with a true music legend. And when it was time to start thinking about what the music video would look like, he knew he wanted it to honor the border just as much as the song does. Phil knew exactly who he wanted to reach out to. I've always been a huge fan of the artwork of Hugo Crossway. His work also reflects the border and immigration issues. In 2019, he won the Smithsonian National Portrait Gallery Prize for an animation of his drawings that is just beautiful. It's called The Portrait of Berenice. Phil didn't know Hugo, but he reached out to him anyway. And within a few days, Hugo already had a concept laid out an evolving progression of his drawings, with people sometimes embracing, other times separated by barriers, with backdrops of imagery from American and Mexican culture. Ruben and the Color 49 are drawn in as the storytellers. The process took him three months and he's created an amazing, an amazing video. Phil's big takeaways from this collaboration with Ruben and Hugo are the same big takeaways tucked inside the song itself. The message is a simple and timeless one in theory, but harder to actually do in reality. Don't be afraid to reach out and ask your peers to work together. And remember that it's okay to ask your neighbors for help. Helping to present this message that, hey, we should be working with folks across the border. We should be visiting one another. We've all got things to learn from one another. It's, uh, it's too easy. It's right there.
What Would I Know, Yo Que Se, will be available to stream on all major platforms on July 23rd. And The Color 49 will also be having a record release show that same night at the Casbah. This episode was written and produced by our director of sound design, Emily Jankowski. It was edited by Kinsey Moreland and Elisa Barba. Lisa Morissette is operations manager, and John Decker is the interim associate general manager of content. I'm Alan Lilienthal. Gracias por su atención. Next time on the podcast. Once they're in Mexico, they're especially vulnerable to kidnapping, to torture, to extortion. Everyone in the encampment right now is at high risk. And it's only because the U.S. government has closed the doors to them and put them in this high-risk situation. KPBS reporter Max Rivlin-Nadler makes an appearance for a special episode exploring the ad hoc asylum system. It's a system that's working for some lucky migrants, but keeping others stuck in dangerous migrant camps set up near the border in Tijuana. KPBS On Demand is supported by MaraCal Design and Remodeling, helping homeowners with their home remodeling needs. From ADUs to custom kitchen remodels and room additions, MaraCal Design and Remodeling designs and builds your dream home. Learn more at trustyourhometous.com.